bless praise and worship you we magnify you we lift you up you're a holy god you're worthy of praise worthy of adoration love uh, and, uh, devotion uh, everything that that you demand from us to prove our love to you are worthy of it lord and then some you're worthy of much more what we can't give father you're still worthy of it so we thank you lord that you have made us your family you've made us people who are born again by your spirit and we thank you for that revelation we thank you for that truth we thank you that we can walk in that the blessings the benefits and the responsibilities so we thank you for that lord in jesus name Amen and praise God. Amen. Now many times we focus so much on the blessings of God, we don't focus enough on the responsibilities to receive the blessings. Amen. So there's always a part that we must play. You know, God tells us not to give our allegiance to anybody but him. And so it's good. And he daily gives us opportunity to prove our love to him. That's so good. You know, that... He is open to have us show our love for him and our devotion to him. So it's, it's, it helps you. It helps you. <laughs> Amen. So today we're going to talk about uh, uh, the fact that if you believe, you will see the glory. If you believe, you will see the glory. Amen. It's, it's must believe for this. So, um, And I think it's a, a good time to talk about this because... I believe and I bear witness to the fact that the glory of God is increasing in the earth. As we expect, put a demand for it, all of the above, it does increase because the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord like the waters cover the seas. Uh, In gross darkness covering the earth, there is our light that shines and the glory of God is risen upon us. Amen. And so what is the glory of God? Well, it is the manifest presence of God. It's his goodness. It's his, uh, it's, it's the freedom of his power in the earth without restriction. That's the way I like to look at it. Some of the words or definitions for glory, uh, the, the Hebrew word is kavod, which means heavy. It means he outweighs everything in the atmosphere. When the glory of God descends upon the earth, he comes in and he blankets the atmosphere and he has total control to do what he wants to do. So anybody who's not for that, you know, just excuse yourself and <laughs> let those who want it bask in the glory, so to speak. But uh, it, it is the uh, it, it is that atmosphere where God has His total way. He has total control over what happens in that atmosphere. We see where in the Old Testament the glory of God the cloud of God came into the temple and the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud because the glory of God filled the temple so it's an atmosphere filled with God amen Uh, nothing else crowding in nothing else uh, taking over Nothing else challenging his sovereign authority. And uh, I like that. 
because I'm always joking, you know, if the if the something happens to the sound, I say we don't need no stinking preacher, and I long for the day where we don't need no stinking preacher. We just let Jesus walk the aisles and do what He wants to do, and talk to people, and heal people, bless people, reveal Himself to sinners, whatever, and uh, you know, get backsliders back in that kind of thing. So that that's all taken care of if we expect for the glory of God you know God whatever we know how to pray for specific things and we should never cease doing that but there's a time when we have to God needs to go beyond what we know of what we ask or think and what's revealed to us so he can come down and, and do the job himself and I like that I really really like that so but until then we'll work in the measure that we have and, and work with what we have but there are times when God will, will uh, bless us to that degree and I look forward to it I don't know about you I look forward to it uh, there are, are glory, glorious meetings that, that uh, people have where the glory of God falls and manifests you know a lot of healing meetings are like that uh, meetings where but you know he doesn't have his full way sometimes because of unbelief so uh, there has to be an atmosphere where faith then is increased and permeated in everybody and so we've yet to have that revealed to us in the earth you know in full measure the way God wants to but that'll be one way to get this atmosphere cleaned up get people really saved and stop playing these seeker friendly games and <clears throat> having people come in they're not saved they never get the gospel preached to them they just have concerts and jump around and have music and a little bit of exhortation from the word but that that altar call and bringing people to repentance all that kind of stuff is never exercised so we really really do need to have that type of power of God where he knows what every single person that's in that room needs and he provides it amen and that's wonderful so that's the glory we need to believe to see the greater things not just little things we can do for God I think what we do is wonderful I think what we do is is marvelous but I'm looking to see that power uh, resting on believers to the degree that they know how to stay out of the way and let God move you know whether through your words through your silence through your prayers or not through your prayers there's, there's got to be a decrease in human flesh wanting to get involved in these things and an increase of God's manifested glory and uh, you know those are some of the things that it takes it takes you see we can't have a move of God with people exalting themselves you know in the pulpit you know uh, I sold a million books you know it's hard being me and you know you can't be me and who wants to be you nobody came there to be you they came there to hear the gospel to hear about Christ you know I mean there's such an arrogance sometimes with the blessings of God and so you're getting rebuked because you don't believe for material things and you, you know you challenge if that's the ultimate you know uh, manifestation or, or result of your faith and now that's going to be left here I'm, you know excuse me Mr. Preacher man but I won't believe for some dead souls come to life and some of them renegades in my family worship been lifting up holy hands I want to live to see that excuse me if that's selfish but you know 
that's what I prefer to use my faith for not that there's anything wrong with money if it's used for the right purpose but I got a feeling it's not all being used like that and so we we really really do have to get to where God's heart is in these things to see his manifested glory and so uh, if we're going to do that then then there's (coughs) some things we have to be willing to confront so if you turn to John chapter 11 there's a story here about uh, where I took that the uh, title from if you believe you will see the glory of God and so um, uh, 11 verse 1 what there are certain things that we need to see in life that will take this this unchallenged and unhindered power of God released into our lives in order to see those things. Um, there's a place that we God wants to take us beyond our normal realm of believing. Um, and and it's into the realm of his glory where he can come in and not just give us an answer to prayer and do exceeding abundantly beyond all we can ask or think that kind of you know even though that works you understand what I'm saying that is Bible that works that's legitimate but Jesus is what the author and the finisher of our we don't start it and we don't finish it so we can't put a cap or a ceiling on it he puts the ceiling on it and so if that's true then we have to relinquish some of these requests that we have and just lock in to what his plan and his will is you may not know what all he has so you got to let some of that go so that you can allow him to move you into places perhaps that you've never been before that it will stretch your faith and take your faith on a, a wild ride sometimes to see what the glory of God really is when it manifests but uh, you know it seems to be worth it to me <laughs> from an outsider looking in now if it was me having to do this in my life I might have a different story for you but uh, the end result that you can see in scripture is worth taking the trip and so here we have the story of Lazarus who um, um, his family sent a prayer request to Jesus to come because he was sick and they wanted to see their brother healed so for Martha and Mary the glory of God manifests in seeing their brother healed but what does God have in mind your your idea of glory may be a little different from what his idea is he knows what he has planned for each individual life and if he is lord and he is god and you love him and you trust him then you'll have to relinquish sometimes these requests for a manifestation of greater glory that's really what it amounts to so they wanted to see their brother heal they didn't want to see him die what is it that you desire to see that only god can accomplish for you there's some things that we are praying about and I our idea of an answer to prayer is probably real different from what God has in mind for some people one they want to see a family member saved so they don't get on their nerves anymore hey <laughs> wake up dead people you know how we are 
their problem is they ain't saved their problem is they talk rough act rough all that rough stuff I want them out of my hairs so save them God and then along the way God softens your heart he opens up some doors maybe for you to speak to him you start to understand with compassion what it is you start to pray more pure prayers pray more earnestly really desiring to see them have a life change have God as their friend like you have God as their friend so you start to see them more like yourself instead of judging them because of where they are See, so that's what, what God does in 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 allowing us to to get answers to prayer they're not answers the bible says he's given us these promises why so we can be partakers of the divine nature not of things now not many of us pray for divine nature you know we're not sitting up there oh god you know i just want to be like you i want to be more uh, because we know the answer to that you know just yield to it Stay out of trouble. Repent quickly. You know you know your work that you got to do. So oftentimes we don't really pray for uh, character changes in ourselves. Because we really don't know what we need most of the time. Those things are invisible on God's schedule for being done. So that's why he gives us promises. So we can be converted into more into the divine nature. Uh, if you wait long enough for something, patience will grow in you. If you hit enough uh, roadblocks to your faith, your faith will grow. You keep punching at that thing, your faith gets stronger and stronger. So that's on program already. See, All you have to do is start believing God for something that you desire and the rest of it is as they say, you know, history. (laughs) You are totally different down the road after that thing comes into your life than you were where you started. You would have to be. No, other than that, God's word would not be true. You wouldn't be a partaker of the divine nature because of the promises. See, when God promised Abraham he'd have all them kids, Abraham never saw where he would be 13 years from there and the journey that it would have taken him through. Abraham was just saying, okay, God, when are you going to do it? Huh? Who am I going to leave my stuff to? I don't have no kids. And this, you know, I got somebody, a foreigner, you know, in charge of everything in my house. If I drop dead tomorrow, he'll get everything. And so Abraham never saw the journey because the journey will take care of itself. God doesn't have to tell you A, B, C, and D, everything he's going to put you through to get you there. If he, if he did, you'd be God. You'd start calling the shots on him. Well, God, you mean I got to go through? Oh, I don't want it then. You just ain't go give it to me. I don't want it. I don't want to be bothered with that. I can't be doing that. So just reach out. Just use your faith for the promise. And the journey is, is up to God. You know, that's his part. And so these things we, we don't understand because we don't understand faith totally. We understand some things, but it's always in part. You don't have the whole picture. The whole picture is what God has. And so part of faith is trusting God to complete the picture and get you to where you need to be. Get you to where you're going. So we all have a desire that only God can accomplish for us. Some of these things are way beyond human ability. Even when you start out thinking you can do this. 
thinking you have. Well, I got the money. All I got to do is save up the money. All I got to do is this, and the money never saves up. It's our plans, our plots, our devices. So, so there are some things that you'll find. You know, I keep trying to do this, and it's not getting me there. Wonder if God has a different plan, or God has something He wants to accomplish. So you just chill, and you thank God for it, and you just just keep living your life by faith, understanding that God has another something that He is doing in you with you and through you in the process of you believing him for simple things or for challenging things whatever you're believing him for he will get you there it's just a matter of you trusting him and holding on for the ride and not giving up because it doesn't look like you're getting there it doesn't look like you're getting there fast enough or you jump off this bus and you see a faster bus coming up on you and you say oh let me get off this bus I'll get on the fast bus and jump on that one and get you a transfer and jump on the fast bus and you wind up not getting there faster (laughs) you understand what I'm saying so uh, you know we just have to learn how to believe just trust him he said if you believe have not I told you Martha if you would believe you would see So anyway, so humans have many capabilities. We don't need faith in God to attain a lot of what we need. You need to save up something or cut back on something. You got all kinds of ways to get what you want. Uh, but only God can accomplish certain things for us because he'll let you go down that road and not have it at the end of that road for you. And then you realize my missing component is faith in God. So there are some things only he'd like household salvation. You want everybody saved? You don't have a clue how to do that, how that's going to happen. All you can do is trust that God's working on that as you serve him day by day. And don't give up faith on them. If you need healing and restoration, only God can do. You can go to a certain level with pills and doctors and, and you know herbs and, and uh, supplements <laughs> supplements and all that kind of stuff uh, but you can only I mean and some of them are good for you you know sometimes you, you, you know your food just isn't cutting it you need a vitamin or two or something like that they'll find out you need something like that and, and that's fine but you know there will come a point where only God can do certain things for you you know if you want debt cancellation, I mean really canceled debt, only God can do those miraculous things. You want a career advance, things, doors to open for you, for things to happen. Uh, you know, if you want to make a big trip one day to your dream destination somewhere in the universe, uh, only God can provide certain things. I mean, some things are always going to be out of our realm, and we need supernatural. And if you want to believe Him for supernatural ministry, you want to go pray for the sick and see them instantly recover so that they know God is real that kind of thing Um, those things can only happen if we believe God for the glory and for the impossible so there's always going to be something we desire that only God is going to be able to do because it's going to take supernatural effort see when you're a sinner in the world you you uh, want to do certain things and, and then down the road just say, well, you know, I used to want to do or I used to want to be 
so and so and such and such. But I realized, and see, that might have been God telling you that. But in your human strength, you realized you couldn't make it happen. And the same is true now. You're less capable now of making things happen for you through mere human strength because the power of God's now come into your life. You've got a covenant with God to live life for Him. And so many times people have given up on things and think that they were frivolous and foolish to think that was what they needed or wanted and they went on to something that they desired less and so life is full of those kind of downgrade compromises you know you downgrade your dream because your human efforts didn't get you there so your your mind tells you oh well that wasn't going to work for you and that really wasn't what you wanted look this over here is what you want and then you get involved in that and that's not very successful either and so we keep going down that road and eventually we bump into God you know God tells you listen those things would have worked for you if you'd been in my life if I'd had been in your life you know and that was my will for you and so we can understand that many things that come to us really really do need supernatural help from God I mean I don't care how small they seem or how insignificant they seem it, it takes that push beyond human effort and really beyond normal faith expectation what we're accustomed to seeing and what the testimonies we We've heard uh, validate and, and vouch for. And so there has to be a coming out of the box of faith that we normally inhabit for us to be able to um, uh, you know, go forward in God. Uh, many times people, even in our giving, many times the sites we set on our giving and the results that it brings are below where God wants us to believe for. No, sometimes we're just happy to be able to pay our bills and not have anybody breathing down our neck. And we give and give and give and want to give more, and but we never set our expectation of result higher. So, amen. So we want to do uh, put the word on that that. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I won't be able to contain what God will give me. There will be excess overflow and abundance beyond abundance. And so once you start setting your expectation in line with his word, then you're able to receive that. But God then wants us to go even beyond that. And I'm not talking about just material things. That's an easy example to give because we can all relate to it but I'm talking about in things that will change the world see Dr. Martin Luther King was a Baptist preacher and he was a, a very brilliant man uh, he was a very studious man he's very accomplished in his studies and so forth and so on uh, but he never saw himself uh, leading a movement of God he never saw himself doing that he just saw himself helping out in the community because they had laws that were unfair to people see and so the God in him that is a God of justice began to stand up against this oppressive uh, method of government and he had constitutional grounding for it and spiritual grounding for it and so God, it was God's time he said over and over again he would approach 
different presidents. I don't think he had ever had an audience with President Kennedy, but he did with Lyndon Johnson. That was his main, his main uh, <laughs> sometime rival, you know. And, and Johnson kept telling him, "No, I don't think it's time, Martin. I, I hear what you're saying, but I don't think it's time for that." Well, God said it was time. Amen. It doesn't matter what man thinks. If God says it's time, it's time. And Dr. King felt it was time, so he was moving with what he felt was God's time but he wasn't looking to make his name great or make himself uh, a threat to anybody or a big deal he was just following what his faith in God was telling him to do and and the price was very great for him he was threatened all the time um, there was a gentleman a Christian gentleman that he he was praying for Dr. King and God told him he said I'm going to put you in a place where you can um, uh, you can uh, speak to him and this man was an insurance salesman and uh, where well, he owned his own uh, firm and all that kind of stuff but he was a, a dedicated Christian and so he said that he was in some uh, uh, in some rallies and stuff that Dr. King had and because he was a Christian he was allowed to you know meet him and so forth and so he said Dr. King I, I want to talk to you about you and he kept putting him off and so one day uh, Dr. King said okay alright let, let's do this I, I've been hearing what you've been saying it's a good idea well this man knew in his heart that Dr. King would not live long and they were able to give him a policy that had some things that would take care of his family for a long time that's why they weren't never poor it wasn't because people in his um, organizations and so forth took care of them it was that he this man wrote him a policy and was able to get it approved even though Dr. King was who he was you know at that time he was able to do it and so at his death his family was well taken care of and the government didn't get their hands on a penny of it they meant because <laughs> insurance is like that you know leave insurance if you can or just outright have somebody's name on that so that you don't have to pay all them taxes and stuff but anyway President Johnson one of the things that he did when they signed the new law for nonprofits, was to put in there uh, in a restriction that nonprofit organizations were not to make political endorse political candidates because he didn't like the power and influence that Dr. King seemed to have in the realm of politics so that's been over churches since you know how churches are scared they don't take my nonprofit says well that's why they came about because he saw Dr. King and other preachers as dangerous people because of the influence that they had and so these are things you we we need to understand that when God gives us something to do with our faith he wants us to see his glory there's some things God wants out of a situation not just what your little prayer is going to bring into your little situation and take care of your little vain pursuits whatever they are but uh, and I mean that because anything that that is outside of the the great thing that God wants is a vain thing because it doesn't it's not going to hold up throughout eternity but Jesus wants eternity tacked on to your prayer 
He wants eternity riding on your prayer. He wants you to use your faith for things that advance his kingdom. And I don't mean uh, small things. I'm talking about things that are going to totally change people's lives, the way they live, their expectation of living, their circumstances. All of those things can be reversed if people will allow God to, to show them his glory. So anyway... Uh, there, we need to know that there is an effort beyond what we expect we will have to put forth and receive what we desire. So there is an effort beyond what we normally expect to have to do to receive from God. Now I hear this all the time. When I tell people, for instance, somebody wants to be healed. Uh, whether their their illness is what we call major or minor. You know, everybody knows cancer is major. Uh, whatever it is I'll tell people to feed on the word because that's what I believe that's what I do and that's what I believe Christians are mandated to do now most people don't think it takes all that I hear that so often and I know that's a devil discouraging them already from putting forth any effort to obey that scripture you know don't let it depart from your eyes give it your full attention most of us have divided attention it's so easy now you got uh, a youtube video on and you're trying to read your bible at the same time or you're driving and you got a, a tape on in the car or whatever it is so our attention's divided that's why you know if we would just sit at home put on that same tape and for an hour get that in that would get more word into you oftentimes than 15 hours sitting in your car driving around fighting traffic divided attention God said give me your full attention he's worthy of our full attention and so we need to cut it out thinking that we're we're in the word and all this kind of stuff and that kind of thing just just stop it and obey the scripture do what the scripture says so whenever we go beyond what we think we will see the glory of God you go beyond that that you think is necessary to see his glory to see your miracle uh uh your your miracle uh, healing come through or something like that if you're willing to go beyond that point you'll see that if you think uh, like uh, I was uh, I was in the uh, uh, um, Lillian Yeoman's mindset and it worked for so many years and so then one day I had something that attacked me that didn't leave in three days I thought well wait 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 hold it wait a minute new devil you know whatever this is and I knew that it was God moving me to something different it wasn't just about me getting rid of my symptoms this is about something else and you need to know he's he's God and he'll do that so don't get stuck in and then people start well I don't know what's wrong and fighting and fussing and well he's God I like what Fred Price said he said once you start believing God you got to make up your mind it does not matter how long it takes for your answer to come 
You've got to make up your mind about that. And so many people have never considered that God would take them out of their little comfort zone. You know, many times people, I've seen it over and over again, people can't wait to get an opportunity not to come to church. Well, those are never the people that get an instant healing or a three-day healing. They're always struggling. They're always, or they don't get it, you know, unfortunately. And I'm telling you, this stuff matters. The time you spend with God matters. The attention you give to what God's doing when he's doing it matters. It matters for you. I've seen people come into these meetings and be here long enough to understand faith and, and then illness strike them. And you find out they haven't been paying attention at all. Well, it's not too late. Let's get the attention going, you know. But see, if that's foreign to you and you've been fighting it all this time, when it comes to you as a must-do, you're not going to believe it's necessary then either. Or you see people come and stay for years and leave and the next year they're sick. Or, you know, have a real crisis with a a loved one or a a child or something like that. And they pass away. Why? Because, you know, you just don't know how to listen to God and tough it out. He wants to glorify himself through every life (laughs) down here on earth. Not let alone the ones that he claims. But we've got to... Let him have full reign and move us beyond our comfort level. Let him get, let yourself get Holy Ghost uncomfortable so that we can see that there's something God wants you to see. He wants you to see this. This is slated for you. This is something on his agenda for you. That he wants you to witness his glory in certain situations in your life. And so you can't get beyond this. You can keep saying it's not necessary or I'm just going I'm, I'm to see what the doctors can do. Well they've already told you they can't do anything. So what are you going to do now? Will you humble yourself and let God take over? And let him do what he know how to do. And that is heal you. You can't control that. So you can't heal yourself. You can only submit to what his His word tells you. And what he speaks to you in your heart. So we, when we see the glory of God. It has to go. We have to go beyond what we think. Beyond, because there's new levels of faith to attain to. There's new realms. God wants to do new things. He wants to do more things. He wants to prepare us to do more than just sit and receive the word. He wants to prepare us to make an impact in the earth. So we see the release of God Himself to bring the promise to pass when you see the glory of God. So the glory is Jesus. Uh, made prominent is made prominent when his glory manifests so how did what led to Mary and Martha and all of those people in Jerusalem what led to them seeing the manifestation of God's glory what, what was the situation well this was shortly before Jesus crucifixion and uh he is he has been telling his disciples he's going to go away and he's going to send another comforter so he he only had 3 years of an earthly ministry to teach these people and prepare them to be the church after he's raised up they are it they are the people who are going to uh do the works of god 
they're going to be the ones to be Jesus in another form if you want to put it that way uh, they will be the church so for as as much as he can he has to give them every experience and every opportunity that they can to experience his power up front now he started out with a miracle that was the turning the water into wine they saw servants do that they all marveled at it but if you look at the disciples interaction between that beginning of his miracles and toward the end of his earthly walk his earthly ministry you don't see a whole lot of change part of that is because they're not indwelt by the Holy Ghost but the other part is that the the power of God leaves impressions on people that it touches if if they're alert to it you know if they're paying attention for instance if you if you work at the altar uh, long enough you'll understand how to work with people that, that need help activating their faith got me why not because you're memorizing steps and imitating it's because the Holy Spirit lives in you and he begins to minister on the inside of you things that you do in order to help people to exercise their faith so that they can get a healing or a cure a miracle whatever they need so there's a part to like even in medicine uh, in nursing those are two fields that I'm familiar with you can learn in the classroom but then you got to put into practice you have what we call clinicals and you had to go in actually into a hospital atmosphere and you could always tell the, the rookie nurses and doctors they're standing there like deer in the headlights look you know everybody staring straight ahead crabbing on each other and all that kind of stuff you know if somebody faints they go down like dominoes Uh, just don't hold hands okay (laughs) drop it but (laughs) you know what I'm saying but little by little they get accustomed to it it's not so foreign to them anymore and and, you know it begins to be an automatic when you step into that world you start automatically flowing and functioning in your role and so everybody needs that discipleship is like that that's why I'm, I'm scared of people who don't like to stay under authority when they're supposedly learning ministry you know they like to break rank real quick run off and start doing stuff uh, and it never works you got me because they haven't been released by the teacher not me Jesus got me so so we have to understand that you know he's there's a, a do that's due that is only going to do <laughs> whatever that means but you understand what I'm saying there's there's something that has to transpire so that God knows that you've you've done what he's told you to do and you're equipped and he can release you to be the church and the disciples weren't there yet none of them were and so this situation with Lazarus Jesus understands is something that they need to experience and go through be a part of understand it so that they can believe and see the glory of God because they're going to have to do this themselves over and over again throughout their lives and the history of the church is like this we're going to have to believe and see the glory of God how that faith is developed is between us and God 
But God will develop your faith so that you can see the greater things. And this is something, not something you have to ask him to do. He's got you on schedule already for your mind-blowing experiences. So, you know, this is it. So, uh, John 11, 1 through 4. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany the village of Mary and her sister Martha this Mary whose brother Lazarus now lay sick was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair so the sister sent word to Jesus Lord the one you love is sick when he heard this Jesus said this sickness is not unto death or it will not end in death but there will be a nap that he takes <laughs> it'll be a little sleep in the meantime if you know what I mean but you have to take God at his word when he promises you this sickness is not unto death then you got to believe that so this is all that they needed to believe and hold on to no matter what you see no matter what happens you're healed no matter how you feel you're healed no matter what pain grips your body you're healed once you zero in on that and that is your main focus and that's all you believe you'll see the glory of God you got me but you got to drive out all this other well what if well you don't understand well you don't know my situation well you just mean you just cold you just you just go somewhere because I'm done with you you know what I'm saying I mean Jesus ain't done with you but you wear people out you know you sit up there and argue the word like that come on now trying to help you but see a lot of times we take people's illnesses crutches and sicknesses away from them they're mad well, or devils that, that control sickness get mad when when something like this happens when your expectation of what it's supposed to be like doesn't happen you're angry that's a normal flesh response so we got to have understanding of that that's how this operates you can't look at your anger you can't look at your frustration you can't look at you well why didn't it happen yet and how come I still have to be confessing the word and doing this well you want to have faith for how long God wants you to have faith forever we want to have it long enough to get what we want and then go play <laughs> you got me we do we do we can walk in the spirit of anybody can be good for about three months until they get what they want they get what they want they offer running again so hello it's real life folks real life so he says here um so mary and martha jesus said the sickness is not unto death but god will be glorified here so god will impart himself to all who see and hear this miracle see for god to be glorified god must have his way he must be able to affect everybody in this situation the way he wants to it's not just i mean that person is important to god period we take that as a given but what does god want out of this see it's one thing to look only at what you want but you're using his power 
You're calling on him to do this. You're asking him to come down and he wants something out of it too. Do we mind? Do you, do you mind to let God have, you know. He knows how to get glory out of situations. He knows what he wants to prove to every single person. I've heard people say things like, well, I just believe uh, that person, you know, their, their unsaved loved ones need to see a miracle. <laughs> Seriously? You think they're sick so the unsaved loved ones can get converted? They'll see a miracle and go back out and play in the dirt. Do you think that really convinces people that God's real to, to the degree that they'll give their lives to him? Let us not be God here. Let us not play God here. My focus is on that person receiving their healing. I care less about them loved ones sitting around. I don't know any situation. I wouldn't call to get them saved. I'm called to focus on getting this person their healing. People in church all their lives and see miracles and still go and sleep with whores on the weekend. Some of them even perform miracles. God uses them to perform miracles and they still go wallow in the dirt. So don't give me a miracle will convert somebody. If that's the way God wants to do it, that's fine. But that's, salvation belongs to the Lord. It doesn't belong to people. We botch it up every single time. And let us all, like people say, well, you know, so many people came to Christ at the funeral. Well, they all go all weeping, come up to the altar. You didn't know if they weeping for them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now, there are times when those are valid conversions. You know, I, I, if I have to do a funeral, I haven't done many, praise God, don't have to do many. But, you know, most of the focus is on comforting the family. You know, you reassuring them, the person, if you know if the person was a believer for sure, and if you can reassure them that, that person. But, you know, I stopped giving altar calls there a long time ago. Number one, you don't have time. And number two, unless God really stops it and says, you know, there's some people here really wanting a Christ You, know, you have to, you can do one thing at a time. That's all I'm saying. You know, humanly possible one thing at a time. I think it's great if they want to give their hearts to the Lord if a loved one passes away. But sometimes it's just you know, let's go on and have the food. <laughs> let's get to the food. <laughs> I'm tired. I gotta go home feed the babies. Whatever. So anyway. Uh, but the glory of God is like, is say for instance, Acts chapter 4, if you'll turn there briefly, in 432. This is what God wants to do. This is, this is desirable. You want to desire anything in God and you want to set your sights on something to believe God for, this is a good one to do. <clears throat> Peter and John in 23, 423. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people. Know who your own people are. Your own company. And reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea. and everything. You see, they didn't get worried. They didn't go on Facebook and tell everybody, oh, let's get a prayer chain going. Got preachers in jail. 
most of the people wouldn't pray because they think the preachers are guilty and need to stay in there. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the the nations rage or the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? You who sit in the heavens are laughing. Amen. The rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed ones. So they're looking at them as as uh, uh, the spirit of Christ being the same thing as what rests in these apostles. So they keep thinking that Herod's imagining a vain thing. That's what guides your prayers to success. You see rulers who are, are, are trying to oppress people, taking all like the Castro and Cuba. There's no reason that men should, that men people should still be in power. You know, a good prayer around that thing would break it in a heartbeat. You know what I'm saying? Somebody really focus. We haven't, that hasn't been made our mandate yet. There come a season though when we'll, we'll be able to dethrone that thing. But there's no reason why the rulers of people should be oppressive and get away with it. Same thing in this nation. We got a lot of cleanup to do here too. He says, Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. So what happened to Jesus was foreordained. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So those people got together, prayed a simple prayer from the word. Not I saw a vision this morning of pilots and then no 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 we don't want your visions we want the word the Holy Spirit will validate and confirm His word. See this is the problem when we get together for prayer sometimes. If you don't know what you're there for and you expect that everybody get up to the mic and and bless the mic night or something with the prayer. There's some people going around Ohio. They saw that little vision of Bob Jones with the Gulliver man sitting in the field and all that kind of stuff. Now they see that and they think they can make it happen by going around from city to city praying. Well, that may be a strategy from God. I don't know. Don't feel it myself. But I don't get involved in that. Got me? Um, I don't try to not let them do what they do. I don't go and prophesy this is doom and gloom. I just stay away from it because I'm not called to participate that way. There are people going around now finding old property where saints from the past have had healing meetings and services. They go back to the property. Why don't you just pray and ask God to open that up again? You know, they'll go and open up these musty old buildings and say, oh yeah, this is where so-and-so did something. Excuse me while I boogaloo. I mean, you may just might as well. You know, seriously. <laughs> no, that's mean. Okay, I won't be mean anymore. But it's it's really just nonsense. So I just assumed 
dude back up and do to James Brown or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember when we came to Detroit, everybody came to the prayer meeting, had a vision of or a dream or something. They were telling me this was the spirit over Detroit. I said, Well you go pray and take that brother down, sister, but we are called to do it a different way. Oh man. If you show any kind of leadership or control over God's people, they throw a fit because they think this is a free-for-all. Jesus is head of the church and he knows if this were a free-for-all, he wouldn't be head of the church. He has an assignment for everybody foreordained, already planned out. All we got to do is use our faith and slot into our spot and just function there. And not all this running around trying to figure out the the latest thing about who's 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 the devil over Detroit. And you can tell it's not God because they never get results. They don't stick with it. They're with the next devil next week. You know, and this spirit is doing so and so. And well, that's not for discussion. That's for taking authority and for prayer. Why are you telling me about it? You should be praying against it. It's not table conversation, folks. This is revelation from God. So here you see the Holy Spirit fell on everybody with one simple prayer from the Bible. Not even New Testament prayer. Well, they didn't have any then, but you know what I'm saying. The word is the word. They just put Pilate in the same box with all the rulers of the earth who are imagining a vain thing. In other words, they can't stop us. Let's just ask for more boldness. That's what we need. We need to keep the pressure on. We don't need to back down and quit. So then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. This happened every time they got together and met. And would pray or preach or whatever. The glory of God fell. Got everybody in their field. You didn't have to go and try to convince people and argue with them because they think tongues is of the devil. And this is beyond that, folks. There's nothing wrong with getting individual people filled with the Holy Ghost. But I'm telling you, there is a place in the Spirit beyond our feeble efforts and our frustrations and our, well, they didn't want it. So, you know, well, whatever. I just always believed whoever was sent here was supposed to pray in tongues. If they didn't want it, you know, buy whatever. But we're going to offer it to everybody who comes in here, and pretty much everybody who comes in gets it if they'll quit there. If they leave their crazy doctrine outside the door and and lies that the devils told them. So anyway, the Holy Spirit—that's the glory of God. That's what happens in His glory. God has sovereign control over everything that happens and he gets everything done that he wants to have done. This is for people who really trust God and will relinquish the control of their meetings over to him to such a degree that when God comes in and wants to do whatever he wants to do, they will let go of their control and let him have it. You can't do a a 30 minute praise and worship and then an hour of the word, no altar call, and have the glory fall. 
Now God can do anything sovereignly. But I think I see right here these people prayed and asked God for help. See that's faith. And when, when they use their faith with no restrictions on it. Uh, they said stretch forth. Give us more boldness Lord. Stretch forth your hand to heal. Keep doing signs and wonders. We're not backing down. We're not slowing up. We're not listening to Pilate and his crew or whoever's in the the room now. Oh, Herod and Pilate, they're still alive. So, so they think they've got the believers stopped because they killed Jesus. They don't realize the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is now living in them, and it's more of them, and they're better equipped now because they really paying attention now because their leader's gone. They thought. So Jesus then, uh, and back to John 11, talking to Mary and Martha and everybody at the tomb. When he heard that Lazarus was sick, the sickness is not unto death. No, it's for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. So there's something Jesus needs to still demonstrate about himself and his anointing and his ministry to them now Jesus loved Martha and her sister Lazarus so when he heard that Lazarus was sick he stayed where he was (laughs) that's what people do when they love you what does your translation say Mine says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let's go back. So when you love somebody, you still obey God. You hear what I said? When you love people. You still obey God. Don't let your love cause you to just answer their beggings and forget what God told you they need. Huh? So he waited two days because he loved them. I said he waited two days because he loved them. God is holding up your blessing because he loves you. He's taking a long time because he loves you. He's doing it his way because he loves you. Oh, you might as well, you know, <laughs> take the saddle off the horse. You ain't ready to ride yet. Got <laughs> I me. Mean, just go put the horse up and go back and chill in front of the fireplace. <laughs> take your boots off because <laughs> you ain't ready to ride yet. There are things that you don't know that are motivating God. All we can see is what we want. And we can't ever see what God wants. He's not some perverted somebody who wants you to suffer because you're not suffering. You may be a little unhappy. You may be throwing the Holy Ghost temper tantrum or whatever we throw because we can't have it when we want it. But God never promised you that you'd have it when you want it. Amen.
He said you reap in due season. So keep sowing. What are you sowing? If you're sowing fear, frustration, anger, temper tantrums, uh, you're going to reap on that too. You got me? Till you repent. So let's cut it out. He says if you believe. What do you think the devil wants you to do? He wants you to quit believing. That's why he gets you all wound up with time. All wound up with how long? He's dead. You're all wound up with that stuff. God don't love me. Then the disciples start challenging him. But Rabbi, they said a short while ago, the Jews uh, there tried to stone you. And yet you're going back. See, the disciples don't really, they're not really wanting him to stay for him. They tried to stone you. And I'm looking for you to do something for me. Or if they stole you, I'm standing right next to you. What's going to happen to me? <laughs> see, everybody's into the me thing. This is all you see when you see Jesus coming in, trying to change the atmosphere, glorify God, and impart a vision to these people for what they're going to need when he dies. That's what this is all about. They got to see what's possible in God. Because trust me brothers. Y'all going to up, run up against some brick walls and impossible situations. And how are you going to know the glory of God will come and rescue you unless I let you see it? How are you going to see it? You got to get involved in something risky like believing God for a miracle. Whatever your miracle is. Miracles come in all shapes and sizes and colors and and feelings. Your miracle might be getting out of an ugly job and getting something better. That's the glory. You've got to give it all up and let him take it the way he wants to take it. It's going to look risky but you've got to hold on to your faith. That's what he means when he says, I t- did I not tell you if you believed you would see. You've got to hold on to that. You can't let go and quit and say this isn't going to happen. This is too hard. Everything takes more effort than we think we want to give to it. Everything in God does. takes more effort than we think we want to give to it. So Jesus loved him so he stayed. Then when he was wanting to go back, the disciples wanted to keep him out of town. They didn't believe anything good was going to happen there either. So they joined the ranks of the unbelievers. Verse 9, Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in a day? Anyone who walks in the daytime won't stumble for they can, they can see by the world's light. It's when a person walks at night that they stumble for they have no light after this he said he went on to tell them our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep but I'm going there to wake him up the disciples said well Lord if he's sleeping then he'll probably be healed when he wakes up he'll get better when he wakes up like is anybody plugged in see this is why they need the glory of God so they can come out of stupidville come out of carnality and try to figure out uh, something deep to say so they'll seem real deep in front of Jesus all that kind of stuff that, that goes on continually with people amen so so he tells me sleep 
Jesus is going to wake him up. Then finally he has to tell them uh, uh, intellectuals he's dead. Okay. I'm telling you. So he says, told them plainly Lazarus is dead for your sake I'm glad I wasn't there. See everything that leads up to bringing in the glory of God looks like it won't work. It looks mean according to human standards. It looks ugly. It looks not incompassionate. It looks bad. It looks oh like that won't work. You know what I'm saying. It's it's like the uh, 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 media we have now. Oh we're people of compassion. And the the Republicans they just want to cut off Granny's Medicaid. No they don't want to keep giving it to people who don't live here. And don't have papers to be here. It's just for citizens for a change. Got me? So uh, this is the way the world thinks. This is the way the devil plants things in people's minds. This is what carnality. This is what we are born with in iniquity. And this is the way iniquity feeds your mind. You are not going to want to hold on for your miracle because it never looks like you're going to get there. And it looks mean. It looks hateful. It looks like nobody loves you and they're not coming. They don't understand me. I get sick of that word. You don't need to be understood. You need to obey God. Is what you. This ain't a time for understanding. This is a time for obedience and to show God your faith. Keep your mouth shut. Like Joshua told the people walking around because he knew their mouths got him in trouble. Joshua said, look, every single time I try to take y'all somewhere, Moses tried to do something for you people, you ran your mouth and God got mad. Nobody went it. This time, shut your mouth. You don't get permission to say squat till I tell you to open your mouth. I, I wish God had shut my mouth because I did. Why would I didn't? I'm sorry I said it. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> when Jesus increases your faith, he doesn't do it for pretty, okay? It's not pretty. He don't do many things for pretty. He does things for the glory of God, okay? So it's not going to look pretty. It's not going to look like it's right from the world's standards. But if you can stay in faith, you can tolerate what it looks like in the natural until you see the clearing at the end of the tunnel and there your stuff is. There your promises. There is what God, what you have told God you wanted. You know what I'm saying? Martha's face was was where most of our faith is. Amen. And so we'll look at Martha. It says here, verse 14. He told them plainly, Lazarus was dead, but I'm glad for your sake I wasn't there, so that you may believe. God takes things away so you can live by faith. Okay, I'm going to say it again. He removes things so you can live by faith. You want to see a lot? You're going to live by the natural. You want to keep living by the natural? That's going to run out after a while. Its effectiveness is not going to be effective for you anymore. So he removes things so that you can live by faith. He does it to increase your faith. Well, I don't know if I like that. It, it works. What do you want to see? You want to like something or you want to see God's glory? Well, I don't know. I didn't ask for all that. I just asked for... for <laughs> <you know. laughs> 
Poke them, they're still alive. So he has this conversation with Martha. Now, you know, look at this closely because you'll see some of your own thoughts in there. These thoughts come to everybody. So uh, he says, Thomas then said to the rest of the disciples, let's all go so that we may die with him. You know, whatever. I mean, you know, I'm here for you to the death, Lord. You know, it's out of pocket. Just anything. Jesus comforts the sisters of Lazarus. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus was already been in the tomb for four days. Makes no difference to Jesus how long it takes. It does to us, but it doesn't to him. Now Bethany, but it doesn't have to to you. You can let go of that too. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. Many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. And Mary stayed home. So these Jews really, they came to comfort them, really? They really came to, to wait for Jesus to show up so they could all tell, talk about it. Look at you. <laughs> miracles, you didn't eat. Miracle? What about him? See, they like to accuse people. So it says, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. It's too late. That's what everything. See, natural faith always puts a time limit on your promise it puts a time limit on your miracle it puts a time limit on your happiness it puts a time limit on your life on your joy you keep working with them time limit things and you're going to run into some real problems because you're going to be so depressed and discouraged you, you run out of time to even have a breath you know get off that time schedule and start living in the glory of God so he says he says uh 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 he says, if you had been here, see, here's the accusation of the devil. Pointing the finger. It's your fault. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. You don't really believe that. You know what Martha's problem is? She got a religious spirit. All she does is quote scripture at him and she don't believe nothing. That's what their all of their problem is that. They, you see, you can't relate to God through doctrine, rules, steps, formulas, what somebody else got out of God. You can't relate to God like that for yourself. He has personhood, which means that he wants you to talk to him, for him to give you understanding, for him to relate to you, so that your relationship with him then begins to carry you through. And not what you read in the Bible, them little steps, formulas, and doctrines. You've got to go to him. You've got to have a relationship. You've got to understand that God is real. That he is alive and that he lives in you and he wants to help you. It's through relationship that you'll be able to get through these times where you are pressed to the limit and commanded to believe beyond what you think is normal believing to believe for the glory of God. And so he's talking to Mary. She says, uh, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Oh, I know that he'll rise again. I know. You ever get people tell you that when you try to minister to them? They know everything. 
they're do, dealing this is head knowledge mental ascent only there's nothing in their spirit speaking to you I know that God will give you whatever you ask your brother will rise again I know he'll rise again on the resurrection at the last day she's quoting him scripture Jesus nor doctrine Jesus said to her I am hey hey Martha over here I'm the resurrection I'm looking at you I am it I'm him I'm the one he still didn't get it he said the one who believes in me will live even though they die and whosoever lives and believes in me will never die do you believe this yes lord i believe that you are the messiah who is coming to the world martha is a victim of doctrine she always has been when mary was sitting at jesus's feet trying to learn something she's fussing at her so doctrine always argues against relationship doctrine will kill relationship doctrine will uproot relationship and stop relationship if you let it continue to rule you now there's nothing wrong with doctrine to to control your carnal mind from leading you places you don't need but you can't live out of taste not touch not handle not 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 Mm-hmm. you got to live out of a heart of love for God to keep you away from doing the things that you're not supposed to do we got a different motivation now you stop doing things because you love God and you don't want to offend him and you're not sure if you do that continue to do that he'll be pleased with it what's not a faith is sin you just graduate into a, a greater realm of, of living for God so so God is perfect in all of his ways whatever he requires of you but Mark 11:22 tells you firmly to have faith in God not in something you read in the Bible and memorize it whether you put your faith in it or not God is a person or has personhood he's alive he's a being so you got to put your faith in him so here's doctrine that she has in her head and here's a living God standing in front of her and she reverts to her doctrine instead of him so after she had said this she went back and called her sister Mary aside she said the teacher is here she said and he's asking for you now that's a lie he didn't ask her to send Mary what happened to all your doctrine all your right answers see relationship will keep you telling the truth about God doctrine will cause you eventually get backed into a corner and have to lie about something relationship means you trust him doctrine means you know about him see you have to have knowledge of God to really trust him knowledge comes from putting your faith into operation and seeing that he will do what he says he's going to do period that's how relationship happens you got to get out there step out in faith and please him and see that he's pleased because he manifests his glory so here we have Jesus in a situation Mary reached the place where Jesus was she saw him fell at his feet and said Lord here we go again if you had been here my brother would not have died Jesus saw her weeping the Jews who had come along with her also weeping he was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled where have you laid him he said come and see they replied Jesus wept the Jews said see how he loved him now Jesus said what did it say back here about love 
verse 5 Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus so when he heard Lazarus was sick he stayed away two more days when he gets to the tomb he weeps and everybody around there says oh he loved them the carnal mind's way of assessing love is totally opposite of the spirit's way of assessing love they think they love him because he's emotional and crying that's what they see they don't see Jesus interceding for Lazarus to raise him from the dead through his groaning and through his tears you got me he got to do some work to get this brother up out this grave because everybody around is in the flesh they're in carnality they have given up they have lost hope there is no faith activated so Jesus has to go and get this thing done so he says it said they say oh see how he loved him but some of them said here we go again that mantra if you had been here he would not have died at this man he opened the eyes of light couldn't he have kept him from see everybody is in too late mode Jesus is saying you're here too late because our idea of help is what we have in mind not what God has in mind our idea of an answer to prayer is give me my stuff as fast as I can so I can go spend it as fast as I can and it's not for building investment ability or anything like that see if you're believing God for a windfall and he pays all your bills in the midst of it you think to yourself "Ooh, maybe there's something else for me to do with this money then squander it just a thought you understand what I'm saying uh, when my husband was alive I wanted to spend everything now I'm very very godly minded <laughs> oh what a revelation hmm, what a conversion huh think about it verse 37 now we have a consensus on the limits of their faith everybody's in agreement that it's too late for Lazarus they have seen what they it is for what they have seen and what they're familiar with now they've seen miracles but they get familiar with them sometimes you'll see God save people you get familiar with it it's not a big deal well he's going to move you on to something that's going to challenge you baby doll amen Jesus wants and needs to take the people beyond where they are comfortable believing they're comfortable believing for a healing when you're sick but they're not comfortable believing for a raising from the dead and trust me they're going to have to believe God for everything they can by the time Jesus leaves because they're going to have to believe for some people getting raised from the dead and so forth so Jesus wants he needs to take his people beyond where they're comfortable believing he wants to take the ceiling off and have them believe for the glory of God and that is that realm where God is free to do whatever he wants to do so that he can get his point across to people Jesus demands that level of expectation be in the church because it's necessary for the church to complete her work our work does include raising the dead Jesus cares they all need to see that he he cares so when Jesus prays he says father I thank you that you have heard me and he says 
And this is step number one into a different realm is thanksgiving. You start thanking God, he'll take you higher than you've ever been in your life. You keep whining and complaining and wanting pity and sympathy. Oh, see how he loved him because he's crying. You want everybody crying over your situation, you can have that. But I'm telling you, I'm trying to find a remedy. Amen? No, it's not that I don't cry, but I don't waste my time with tears that don't really avail if I can help it. <laughs> Amen. Jesus cares. He knows. They know he loves them. Amen. So in verse 39, Jesus prays his prayer before the Father. He said, it's for them here that you're doing this. That they may believe that you sent me. They really don't believe Jesus is the Son of God most of the time. They have their doubts. When he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out or come forth. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his cell. He said, take the grave clothes off and let him go. Now why did they tell him, why did he tell them to remove the stone? He could have spoken to that stone and it rolled away on his own. It rolled away. Angels rolled it out of the way when Jesus was resurrected. Huh? Why do you think he has had somebody go move that thing? Why did he have to have the, the servers at the wedding go get the, the water? Yeah. He wants, the, he wants faith out of people. Those Faith is an action. You've got to do something toward believing God to partake of the glory. That's showing they believe. He said, if you believe, you will see. Somebody got to show they believe. So some idiot who's crazy enough to think it's going to happen, something's going to happen, goes and rolls a stone back. They don't care what they think is going to happen. But God sees that as an act of faith. It will shock you the little you have to show God to convince him you believe. If he's demanding more and more and more and more from us, it's because it's necessary. But I'm telling you, a step in the right direction will be a small step compared to what will result from it if you'll show God you believe. So Jesus makes him roll the stone away. Am I over, Miss Wana? A little bit. Okay. He makes him roll the stone away. And he tells them to take the grave clothes off. Now why does he do that? same reason what are they expecting rotted flesh what are you expecting to come out of here if you believe you'll see it he wants them to see it if you can put your hands in it and this is not pretty telling you miracles don't happen for pretty they happen for the glory of God so Jesus tells them you put your hands in that you touch that stinking man and if you do that, then you'll see it. Thank God there were people that would. Could you imagine being the person who has the honor to touch that rotten piece of gauze on him and pull it back and see perfectly whole flesh, the glory of God? All you got to do is step out of your little mindset of this ain't right and this ain't going to work and just obey God. Some of the greatest faith comes when we are less inclined to want to do it. We think faith means we're all into it. We're feeling good about it. We have great expectations. That's pretty. Miracles don't happen for pretty. You got me? They just, oh no. 
you know, you go up there with a thumb and a forefinger, put on four gloves and pull it off. One of the reasons they, they had to take them off was they put them on. In more ways than one. Could you imagine Lazarus sick and everybody's thinking, oh, Lazarus, you're going to die. <gasps> Jesus isn't here yet, Lazarus. Oh my God, I don't know what we're going to do. They put them grave clothes on him while he was laying up there sick. Huh? Because they were all in unbelief when Jesus showed up. No doubt, no doubt. Unbelief carried took him right on into the grave. But Jesus, but the glory of God. Jesus stays away so they can see what God can really do if they'll do. And everybody who's there was saying, man, was you believing for that? I, I, wouldn't, I can't say I really was. Man, I don't know how that happened. It happened because somebody pushed, a couple guys pushed the stone back and somebody took the wraps off of there. Now Lazarus could have unwrapped himself. But he would be the only one understanding God's glory. Once your hands touch into something, you're hooked. I tell you that the first person I prayed for that that got healed, I was hit. I was hooked. You understand? First time gave me a God gave me a prophecy, I was hooked. You understand what I'm saying? Once you touch into things, you're hooked. The devil wants to keep you from ever touching into him. He wants to be scared of the power of God, unbelief in the power of God. That's not necessary. All I want to do is come to church so I get my needs met. I ain't into all this ministry stuff and run the streets and all this. I ain't into all that. See what I'm saying? You touch into things. You've, you've received the glory of God whether you know it or not. We, we treat it so cheap sometimes. It's still the glory of God, not yours may rest on your life is not yours that was proven when when the uh the uh they threw the dead man into the two what they was elijah's bones they threw him into <laughs> so the power was god it wasn't even elijah's it was on his bones because god put it there he put it there he might not have even left it there the whole time but it was there for that interval so they could see God was the author of that power see just respect this folks if you don't think you like it you don't understand it you don't want it you don't think it's necessary I don't care but it must be respected if we're going to see God do great things you understand me the great things that we're expecting it might be something you need personally that'll get you involved in it amen but God wants us to believe so that we can see his glory amen why don't we stop father we thank you for your word and for understanding we thank you for blessing us with your word with understanding I thank you that the glory of God falls in this place thank you Lord for your glory thank you Lord thank you Holy Spirit you're so good to us you're faithful God it's not hard for us to trust you Lord just a simple prayer and believing that you want to show up with your glory not withholding anything from us 
you're eager to pour out upon us and we thank you in Jesus name Amen anybody needs prayer come on up and I'll pray